Hello and welcome everyone back on the Outring Tinnitus podcast. My name is Frieder, I'm your host, and this podcast is all about debunking tinnitus myth so you guys can find out what really helps with tinnitus and what are the, what the current science is about. In today's episode, we have a very interesting interview going with Sarah Michiels. She is a physiotherapist and working at a university hospital in Belgium, but also doing research and studies onto somatic tinnitus and somatic tinnitus means that tinnitus that uh, comes due to uh, neck jaw and spinal issues and uh, other problems like that so today in this episode you will learn why often there are combined forms um, but there are sometimes uh, versions of tinnitus that can be cured if they are somatic and uh, Zara Michiels is going to tell us all about that today but before we get into the episode, uh, a few things in my own interest. If you haven't done so, please consider joining the most positive online tinnitus community. I know that uh, tinnitus communities are often, uh, unfortunately, slightly negatively versed. Um, so I w would really like to encourage you to join the most positive online tinnitus community out there, which is the Outering Tinnitus Facebook community. So you can find the link in the description of this episode. Um, you can also find Find my free tinnitus emergency PDF in the description to this episode. It's a three to four step guide on how you can start tackling tinnitus and tinnitus anxiety and how to start transforming it. Um, just go to my website, uh, the link is in the description below and you can get that emergency guide for free. And as I have uh, told you guys before, there is one last link that I would like to share with you guys. It is the link to sign up for the beta version of my course. Um, the beta version will be released in a couple of weeks and uh, this is including all all my tinnitus uh, coaching programs, tips and tricks, um, a structured program with a few sessions on uh, how you can use tools such as cognitive behavioral therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy for your good in order to outring your tinnitus and really overcome long-lastingly tinnitus anxiety, set up the process for you to build your best life despite tinnitus and uh, yeah, get long-lasting results with your tinnitus. So uh, check out that as well. All the links are in the description below. Let's do the intro and then start right with the episode Sarah Michiels, physiotherapist and expert on somatic tinnitus. It's great that you're here. Hello and welcome to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. Yeah, welcome everyone to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. Um, excited to have another guest on here today. Today we have uh, Sarah Michiels. Um, she's a tinnitus researcher and um, she gets into a very specific form of tinnitus, as we will find out just now. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Sarah, to be to be coming on to the show today. And um, please introduce yourself. You're very welcome, Frieder. Um, I'm really happy to be here. So I'm Sarah Michiels. Um, I'm working at uh, Hasselt University in Belgium right now. I have been working for Antwerp University for over 10 years. And that's where I actually started my uh, my tinnitus research. And I'm still connected to the Antwerp University Hospital as well for most of my tinnitus uh, studies. So, uh, wow. Wow. But uh, the special form that you get into tinnitus is a bit different than all the from all the other tinnitus researchers. Right. And that's why we're so excited to have you on here, because often people ask me, you know, there's there's other people, um, people who not only have tinnitus because of hearing loss or um, uh, because of the other uh, fa factors that there are, but uh, also people that have tinnitus who come to you that suffer from what do they mostly well, suffer from? <laughs> they mostly suffer from uh, neck problems or jaw problems yeah. in combination with their tinnitus. Yeah. So the, the typical CMD syndrome, right? Yeah, indeed. Wow. Okay. And um, could you could you briefly explain to those who are listening? Um, I, I mean, uh, me personally, I will probably be, be, be a combination of all of this because my neck is, uh, you know, and I, I told you before that I'm deaf on one ear. So what I usually do is I always turn 
my neck. You know, I always turn left in order to hear with my right ear. And I think that is very detrimental to um, all my, my spine, my, my neck health. And it's always very tight. And I grind my teeth at night and I have a, a thingy that I put in. So for me, it's definitely uh, hearing loss induced, but I'm, I'm not sure what. And, and I, I think I can feel that, uh, yeah, uh, tiredness and tinnitus do play a role when, um, when I'm especially tense and everything. But um, when people come to you and um, you analyze um, whether the tinnitus could be caused by uh, somatic issues, so CMD or neck problems or something like that, or um, hearing loss, how do you usually go about that? Um, well, it's important to know that um, the fact that you have both tinnitus and neck problems or jaw problems doesn't mean that those two are uh, both related to each other. So for me, it's important to investigate if the neck problem or the jaw problem is actually influencing the tinnitus, because quite a lot of people have neck problems, um, quite a lot of people have jaw problems. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people have tinnitus as well. So these uh, things are going to be um, going to be present in the same person sometimes without influencing uh, each other. But mm. what's really important for me to know is um, if there actually is a neck problem, a real dysfunction, um, let's say um, tense muscles or um, a restricted mobility, uh, things like that. So that's the first thing I'm looking at. And uh, then um, I will try to, uh, to figure out if um, the neck dysfunction and the tinnitus are really linked to each other. So um, often that's a question I'm, I ask a lot of patients, um, whether the neck uh, problem when they have neck pain or when they have jaw pain, uh, is their tinnitus worse at the same time? And in, um, in moments when, when there's um, not so much uh, neck pain or when the jaw pain is better, then the tinnitus should be better as well. And if you experience this, then that's, that's a, already a good sign that it might be related. Mm -hmm. Wow, um, very interesting. And I think um, because I recently, it's funny enough, I recently had someone request this for me and um, they were coming onto my videos and they're like, but what about somatic tinnitus? And I was like, well, um, I'm going to have uh, Zara on here. And by training, you are a physiotherapist, right? Yes, indeed. I'm a physiotherapist uh, from training. Um, I've been doing that for 15 years now, over 15 wow. years, actually getting old. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Um, I... So, yeah. No, 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 no. Please go on. Please go on. Sorry. Um, so I've been doing that for 15 years now, mostly treating people with neck problems and jaw tr uh, problems, even before um, I went into tinnitus research. Um, so that's really a topic I'm, I'm very interested in. And um, now in the past 10 years, of course, um, it's very nice to see that using these techniques that I know from physiotherapy can also be used um, to treat people's tinnitus and to actually get improvement there. Wow. Um, I, I, arguably, uh, I, I would say probably um, tiredness and tension and all these things, like they are quite naturally leading maybe also to an increased perception of tinnitus. But do you, have you been able to find out why that is? So if I do, if I am tired and my neck is like shrugged and, and I feel tired, I mean, I, my, my tinnitus is hearing loss induced and I know that, but, but you know, also after I got the vaccine two weeks ago and I, I know I was tired and stuff. So I knew that my tinnitus was going to get louder. So a lot of people, Get, get desperate from the spike and they're like, oh, I don't know, the spike caused my, the, the vaccine caused my spike and oh, this vaccine, I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't take it. But I mean, it's a natural effect, right? Your immune system is starting to work and that's why you're tired. You feel like your body is telling you calm down for a bit because I'm fighting something here. And when you're more tired, naturally your tinnitus increases as well. But what, and what is the role that the neck problems play or the, 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 the physiological problems play there? Have you been able to find out something? Um, well, the fact that indeed fatigue and stress as well um, cause um, an increase of the tinnitus, that's actually something quite naturally um, because uh, when, you're, when you're tired or when you're under a lot of, a lot of stress, um, you're more, more vulnerable to all sorts of, um, uh, of, of things, not only sounds, but also pain. Um, yeah. And your muscles tend to get a little, little bit more tense. Yeah. 
Yeah. But more specifically for the somatic tinnitus, um, colleagues in um, the United States have found out that um, there is actually a link in the brain stem. So that's the lower part of the brain between um, information that comes from the cervical spine, from the neck or the jaw region, um, and the hearing region in the brain stem. And we actually need these connections because uh, they make sure that you can't uh, hear yourself eating. So normally, um, activity in the connections between the neck and jaw region and um, the, the hearing region should actually decrease um, what you're hearing or the, um, the impulses that are sent to, uh, to the auditory brain regions. Uh, but in some people, and those are the somatic tinnitus patients, um, in some people, these connections also work the other way around. And in case uh, these people have uh, tense muscles in the neck or in the jaw, or they have some restricted movements, um, there is actually an increase of um, the spontaneous um, information that is sent to um, the auditory brain regions. And that is actually what causes an, an increase of an existing tinnitus, or in some people, it changes the sound of their tinnitus. So they might have a high pitched uh, tinnitus and then get um, some low hum um, all of a sudden when, when they're in an episode of neck pain. So these are very typical things for somatic tinnitus. Wow. Um, that's very interesting. I, I think one of the things is, is it an indicator that you say, or, or is it like how someone as a listener could try now? Um, but a good indicator, I guess, let me put the question like this. If I can modify my tinnitus by maybe, you know, uh, 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 massaging the, the muscles, uh, in the jaw or literally by um, uh, pulling my head in one way or the other way or uh, by really relaxing muscles. So then that's a big indicator for me that I do have somatic tinnitus, which is, I guess, for many people also a positive uh, news case because they think like if, if, if they somehow can be able to uh, get that uh, neck pain um, uh, to be handled and taken care of, that they could yeah, somehow be relieved of tinnitus. Yeah, or at least in, lower yeah. the tinnitus to a, to a level, right? Mm -hmm. That's indeed uh, a good indicator. So if you, if you can reduce muscle tension, you can treat uh, the neck pain and that decreases your tinnitus, then you are sure that, uh, that you are actually um, having a somatic tinnitus sometimes as the only uh, type of tinnitus, sometimes on top of um, another cause because that, that is often the case. Link. So we often yeah. have different uh, different causes, different yeah. influencing factors. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I and I'm 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 especially interested in this link. So how can we just dissect that? So I know it's probably like very difficult, and you're probably doing a lot of research on that. But this is the most interesting thing for me. Like, and how do I or or is there any way to tell like um, how much influence would I personally for example in my case you know like you know with the jaw and the grinding at night and you know me sitting in front of a desk all the time me knowing that if I do this ah my neck hurts and and how 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 can I dissect okay what's the amount of somatic tinnitus I have and what's the amount of hearing loss tinnitus that I have is there a way um, that is really difficult. That is actually okay. what I try to do when I see patients in the clinic. I always yeah. try to analyze how much is caused by hearing loss or stress or um, other influencing factors. So it's, it is really hard. Um, but if you can clearly feel that uh, your tinnitus gets better when your muscles are relaxed, then chances are high that um, you might have a little uh, bit of somatic influence on, uh, on your tinnitus. But if you do have some, some massive hearing loss, um, then probably uh, your tinnitus is caused basically by, by the hearing loss. And that's not something that, that will, will disappear completely, but yeah, maybe yeah. The, the, the additional uh, tinnitus burden on top of what you are normally experience, uh, experiencing might be caused by some muscle tension indeed. Mm. 
I think my 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 muscles are never uh, never not tense, so I, <laughs> I don't really know what that is like. And I think many people who are listening to this, they will know that. And uh, especially the people who uh, like me are working uh, uh, on the desk the whole time. And I, I try my best to do yoga and uh, breathing exercises and uh, meditating regularly. Also sitting with the spine up tight and just like these twenty minutes of meditation, they they will there there will be a benefit. But um, when I get up in the morning, I will feel it like my neck or in, in the end of the day, I will also feel it. And I, I know it. But yeah, I guess what you're talking about, especially is like a literally um, a disruption from uh, the movement functionality and really, really re a real pain that is really uh, much beyond the normal amount that a person working on a desk is suffering from, right? Yes, indeed. So um, the people that I'm diagnosing with somatic tinnitus are actually also having real pain problems. Because yeah. the, the question I always ask is, uh, when your neck pain is better, is your tinnitus better as well? And well, obviously, if you don't really have neck pain or, you, or you don't really have jaw pain, then that's a uh, not so easy question to answer. So yeah yeah i guess i guess and that's and that's that's exactly that's exactly the, the pinpoint right and another thing that would interest me if you don't mind me asking is how did you get into how did you get from being a, tra a physiotherapist by training and into tinnitus i think that's a very interesting interesting question for us well that's actually a little bit of a funny story because i started my phd uh, and originally it should have been about neck related dizziness um and we started the project, so we had a whole protocol set up. But after one year, um, we had two little patients included in the study. And yeah. uh, so my yeah. supervisor told me, well, um, that's not going to work. <laughs> but I do have another uh, group of patients uh, with tinnitus. And we do know that there might be something going on in the neck as well. So. Um, if you don't mind, I suggest that we just switch populations. <laughs> and that's oh, wow. basically how I ended up in tinnitus research. Wow. And how did you get stuck, though? Like, like after that initial contact, you, you thought it was very interesting. Did you have a rewarding moment where you're like, oh, this is exactly it? Did you have maybe one patient where you pressed some buttons, so to say, and then the patient was like, whoa, my tinnitus is gone or something like that? Or, or what was your... Well... Indeed, um, during uh, my PhD study, um, I treated some. I treated quite a few patients, and there were um, three patients that were actually cured from their tinnitus. They didn't have any tinnitus at all anymore after the treatment, wow. and that was really like wow. Um, that's that is a big success. Now, it's a, a little group. It's a very small group because. Um, I've been treating lots of patients in, in the past 10 years now. And it's um, I don't see that so very often that we can mm. actually um, make sure that the tinnitus goes away completely. That is yeah. only in, in some cases. Um, but there are quite some patients that we can, can really help and that we can uh, decrease their tinnitus loudness so that they can better cope with it. So, and I believe that's very rewarding for me as a therapist as well. Yeah, for me as a coach as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that, and, that, and that, you know, and, and the amazing thing of tinnitus, in my opinion, is it's so interdisciplinary, you know. Um, and if you you can only achieve uh, great results if you go from it with uh, different angles. I have a lot of people or um, uh, uh, pe uh, clients, I would call it, um, uh, who who do have the first experience also maybe with some hearing loss, you know? So I say, I tell them, you know, if you have an onset hearing loss and a hearing aid could be beneficial, then you might consider investing the money, you know, even if you know, it's like a lot of money, I know. And the, and the ENT maybe says you don't need it yet, but you could benefit from it. But literally when your hearing aid, for example, for high pitch hearing loss helps you to hear, for example, the birds better outside, then you have 30% of tinnitus masking done just by the hearing aid. You have more speech intelligibility. You understand people better. That all frees up capacity for your brain not to be focusing on this. And this in turn will make it much easier for us to work with uh, concepts of cognitive behavioral therapy and to um, uh, basically remove your um, very unhelpful beliefs about tinnitus, that you cannot cope with it, that it's for life, that it's very difficult, that you can't concentrate on anything else. But when you realize, actually, I can, 
And uh, the other day I had a coaching and I, and I asked my, my, my client and I asked her, what do you think is the worst that could happen? Like, what do you think that the worst is I that happened? Like I go completely deaf and then I would probably get a cochlear implant. And if I'm lucky, my tinnitus gets better from the cochlear implant as well. So what is literally the worst that could happen? And, you know, like, I, I think it's, it's very, very important that we go to, uh, towards this in an interdisciplinary style. So when people say like, you know what, I hear that I, I can move my neck somehow, I can do something with my jaw. And what do you make of this? And I don't know, like, well, go see a physiotherapist and someone who has experience in treating uh, CMD disease, in uh, treating tinnitus related neck problems. And um, is there anything or, or is that maybe something that we don't want to do? Recommend some exercises, something that people could try in order to to make it a little better or something that you recommend to the people who come see you? Or, or is that something you don't want to do on a podcast because we don't know what's going to happen with people at home? <laughs> Uh, well, it's always a little bit uh, difficult to advise exercises yeah, um, yeah. through a podcast to people I, I haven't seen myself. But yeah, um, sure. we we do actually, together with uh, Winnie Schley, you uh, interviewed for another yes. podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, we did develop um, a smartphone application that contains an exercise program for uh, people um, who have some somatic influence on their tinnitus. So and that that is something that's um, that's coming up. It's actually the app is developed. Um, we are still working on it a little bit, but um, I believe that it will be available for testing quite soon. Um, so that is that is an option. And there um, we have a whole exercise program for um, neck exercises, uh, shoulder muscle exercises. Um, and you, you have videos and uh, spoken instructions so that you can actually see um, what you should do and have some, uh, some extra um, information about, uh, about the exercises. So, but there, there is like a whole program that I'm used to, um, to use in, uh, in my patients. Wow, that's amazing. That's, that's great that you guys did that. I think that's, I, I'm stunned always. Also by Vinny, when, when you guys um, uh, collaborate and when there are things, actually things coming out from the research to be accessible by the public, I think um, I've, I've been having uh, these discussions with Vinny in private already for, I think, two years already. Um, before COVID, I, we wanted to meet up in Regensburg and I wanted to do some socials for them and do some YouTube interviews and stuff because, you know, um, I think if tinnitus can be so much more accessible if we get uh, the, the people like you who really do scientific and academic research and and practice into it and if we get that that message out there and to really know people what's going on behind the scenes so uh, yeah thank you that's that's a really a great a great development to make that accessible to the people and and i hope that you will let us know in future and that we can share it on this podcast again when the app is uh, ready for deployment and when people people can actually use it so that's awesome thank you for absolutely. that absolutely I will let you know. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. And um, I wanted to ask you um, uh, as well, and we, we didn't get into that so much, but what is the current um, study outlook for you? Or what are you currently um, looking at in depth in your research or what is coming up? Is there anything that you would like to share? Yeah. Um, well, for the future, I'm actually looking in two different directions. Um, first of all, um, I would like to set up a study uh, to investigate what actually causes this phenomenon of uh, somatic tinnitus in humans, uh, because most of the insights we, are, we have right now about the underlying mechanisms of somatic tinnitus, they are based on animal research. And of course, we are uh, no guinea pigs, we are no cats. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I would like to investigate these mechanisms in humans. Um, and that is a study that we hope to get funded by the end of this year. So we hope uh, to get that started in 2022, but that all depends on uh, unavailable funding. Um, and then there's a second uh, study that we are actually going to start and that involves the, um, the application that I talked about uh, before. So we are going to test uh, the application in, um, a kind of blended physiotherapy um, way where we are going to uh, still use the physiotherapy, classic physiotherapy, but in combination with the application so that uh, people don't have to visit their physios so often. So we can reduce the number of, uh, of sessions. 
And we also want to include some psychological aspects because um, I believe that combination of treatment is still something for the future. Because in, in the past years, we've tried to, to find the best possible treatment um, for like one cause of uh, people's tinnitus. But as I told before, um, often it's a combination of yeah. different causes. So it might be very interesting to, uh, to do a combination of different treatments as well. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, and um, I I I one hundred percent agree. Um, I have people asking me, and there are these um, uh, there are these people out there who suggest that uh, tinnitus is solely and only caused by inflammation in the brain. So if you do a seven days dry fast um, uh, and go into autophagy and all that kind of stuff, and your tinnitus will be gone completely for the rest of your life. But in order to do that, uh, you will have to do dry fasting, cold showers every day, and basically not eat a single piece of sugar anymore. Um, and, uh, we have continuous, uh, continuous talks that people ask me, this is one particular uh, person who, um, who, who does this. I don't want to say the name here because I don't want to get into any trouble, but, um, I, I have my difficulties. I've, I've tried some of that fasting and kind of stuff, but I, I mean, I have hearing loss induced uh, tinnitus and that's what it is and that's okay. And I'm dealing with it. And I, I mean, you know, 90, 90 to 95% of the time I'm fine with it. And of course, everyone has a bad day once in a while, you know, that, that, that doesn't have to be linked to tinnitus, you know, you can have just a bad day and then you perceive the tinnitus a bit more, or it can also happen that at night I wake up and, and, and for some reason I, I, I set the focus on it and then I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, it's especially loud or, or uh, last year I got a new hearing aid. Very interesting. I haven't, it, it's very, very bad. I, I haven't been to the audiologist in a too long time. And uh, then it was time to also get a new hearing aid. And I'm very happy with that hearing aid because I have Bluetooth functionality. Now I can listen to podcasts and all of that. But I realized that the hearing loss had progressed and that the hearing aid that I had had was no longer suitable to the hearing loss that I was that I developed. And uh, I had big difficulties getting used to it because it, it sounded so loud at first. And I was able to listen to TV at like 50 percent of the volume. And yeah, it was a benefit for my wife and a benefit for me as well. But it also uh, showed me like whenever I take the hearing aid out now, the tinnitus is blaring and I'm like, oh, wow, like my hearing is really really not great anymore but i guess what i was what i was going to say is it's a combination of things for sure and uh, especially with um, um and and this is something that uh, this is sort of a follow-up question for me uh, it's been extremely difficult to find great and qualified physiotherapists i mean here in germany they're all trained and i'm sure they're all great but some are just greater than others right and and I, I have, I have, unfortunately, and I, I, I literally would be willing to pay for that. You know, when I find a great physiotherapist who can take care of um, things coming from uh, my forward rotated hips because I'm sitting the whole time. At the same time, being able to focus on my jaw and my neck and all these kind of things, I would literally pay for that because I know I will feel more energized. Uh, the tinnitus will bother me less. So. A question for you as someone who really is in that, like, how can we identify someone or how can we see whether someone can really work with this problem and make sure that this is the right physiotherapist to go to? Because I, I want to say like all of them have their, have their, uh, have their studies done and everything, but just some are more focused on the, that, uh, that issue and others are not, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's still hard for me as well, because um, yeah. I refer to, to colleagues quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and it isn't really always um, the case that they are not good physiotherapists or yeah. um, that they can't treat neck problems or jaw problems. But I do believe you also need um, a certain mindset to treat uh, people with tinnitus. Um, you need to, um, to have this, this ability to coach people um, and that is something that not every physiotherapist is uh, willing to do or is able to do. Um, so I believe that um, it is a little bit of trial and error with uh, choosing a, a good physiotherapist. And I believe that you should find someone who is absolutely qualified in treating neck problems, in treating jaw problems. Um, but there also should be like a kind of connection, like you trust uh, this person. Um, you, can, you can also talk about uh, the tinnitus to him or to her. Um, so that, that is really important. Yeah. 
I, I guess, and, and I don't want to say this too loud because I don't want to destroy it for people, but the placebo effect is probably a big thing, right? When you feel like you're in good hands and you feel like the person is really um, making your neck problem uh, disappear little by little, or at least uh, making it better and you feel more energized and you're not slurping the whole day anymore and you have more energy in your body and the tinnitus feels a bit better. And I guess just the fact that someone is taking care of it can be a huge benefit as well, right? So... I'm absolutely to, to like absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely great um i want to get into uh, a, a few other facts um do you have experienced tinnitus yourself or someone very close to you has tinnitus um well i wouldn't call what i hear a tinnitus because okay. i do not really suffer from it per se uh, but i do have um this noise in in both my ears um, and I know that it started when I was about eight years old, um, after having a fever uh, for a few days, very high wow. fever. And um, it never went away <laughs> um, after that. But I actually never um, went to see a doctor for it. And uh, because it doesn't really bother me anymore, um, I don't really call myself a tinnitus sufferer, but I do know how it uh, sounds <laughs> to, to not have this complete silence when you're in, in a silent, silent environment. Yeah. yeah. What does it sound like for you? Uh, it's, it's really a noise, noise-like sound. So okay. it's, it's, it's really difficult to, uh, to tell it, but it sounds a little bit like these old TVs um, when, when you didn't have the program on. <laughs> that's about, yeah, indeed. That grainy, that grainy sound. signal, the grain signal. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm old enough already to know that still, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> and I think most of my listeners will be, will be as well. Um, uh, okay, wow, that's very interesting. Um, and I guess it probably linked to inflammation somehow, right? Probably. Do, do you have some kind of hearing loss as well? Or Yeah, I do have. Yeah, yeah I have mm. some low frequency hearing loss in the one ear and then some high frequency hearing loss in the other ear. So. <laughs> But there's a great functionality from Apple coming out that you literally can tune your AirPods a bit more to your hearing ability. So you can basically put your audiogram in. So I read that the other day uh, on LinkedIn that that is That's coming up um, in the next. Yeah, very, very interesting. And I think it's great that Apple go into that space and they're basically adopting a lot of things that, um, uh, yeah, that uh, technologies that could be out there already, making it more accessible, the technology. And, and yeah, I think that's, that's, that's great. But so it was never um, a motivation to you that you do have these sounds to get into that, right? It was like, as you said, more no. a coincidence and, and this became normal for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Okay. And one other thing that I want to ask you, because this is also something, could you quickly and briefly get into pulsatile tinnitus and your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, so pulsatile tinnitus is not really the, the type of tinnitus that I'm looking, um, looking at in my research. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, very occasionally, there is some pulsatile tinnitus that is influenced by neck, um, neck movements and uh, changes um, in, in, in neck uh, muscle uh, tension. Mm. Um, but it's not something that I, uh, I see very often in the clinic because, of course, people um, are referred to me uh, by the ENT. So they were seen by the ENT and the audiologist before, and then they send them to me. So most of the time, the, the people with uh, pulsatile tinnitus are like filtered out <laughs> before yeah, they yeah, come yeah, to okay. me. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, pulsatile tinnitus is, is something, I believe, quite different than, than the non-pulsatile tinnitus in many cases, because yeah. most of the time there actually is a source for the sound, like some, some throbbing uh, vein or, or something, uh, something yeah. like that, some, some yeah. turbulences in, in, in the blood flow, things like that. Yeah, and I, I found this the most difficult one to treat as well unfortunately because literally oftentimes you know the um, the surgeons will tell them like you can't do anything you can't do surgery there when they discover something on the MRI um, it's just too dangerous too close to bigger vessels or just generally because you can't get there um, uh, without hurting uh, more important stuff 
Um, and I guess especially the, the changing sensation. So not only the spike for a while, which I think all of us experience sometimes, right? It doesn't have to be related to anything. I sometimes sit there and suddenly like I, for 30 seconds, I hear nothing else but a loud beep. And then it's, it's, it's away again. Um, so I, I can deal with that because I know that it's going to go down again. But for people in pulsatile uh, tinnitus, I think it's much more difficult because uh, the changes happen so much more regularly and maybe even every 20, 30, 40 seconds. Um, yes, so it is a bit I, more I, difficult. Yeah. yeah. I also believe that it's it's far harder to, uh, to get used to it, yeah. uh, to adapt yeah. to it, than yeah. when you have this constant sound. I also believe so, but I, I still, my, my biggest uh, driver there is still that uh, we all can literally focus our attention on the things that we, uh, yeah, that we determine to be more important and, um, and, and, and still to reassociate even the pulsatile tinnitus with a, a non-dangerous event, you know, to basically prevent our natural fight or flight instinct from, co from constantly being triggered. And as soon as we realize again, we have this uh, adrenaline and cortisol reaction, which basically throws us because I've, I've extensively discussed that pretty much on every single episode of my podcast, but uh, that our brain basically says we are in danger while we're not. And we just basically need to uh, reassociate that. So is that something that you uh, usually tell your patients as well? Or is that when you say it's about uh, coaching them as a bit, what, what, what would you usually also, um, what was that entail with your, not only with your manual treatment, but also with coaching or tips or, or tips and tricks? What would you usually tell the patient as well? Uh, well, indeed, um, I also try to um, to make sure that people are less focused on their tinnitus and that negative cognitions, like uh, being very anxious about it, um, that they disappear. So that that is really important. But because as long as as people stay really anxious um, about tinnitus, then it's very hard to uh, to treat them, even even if we can. Um, make the the neck problem um, disappear even if we can can make the jaw problem disappear um, there might still be a lot of tinnitus distress when people still associate their tinnitus with something very negative um, mm. or get really anxious every time uh, their tinnitus uh, loudness goes up so uh, that is something that i try to to implement in my treatment as well so that i try to explain to people that well your tinnitus is going to um to to have sh some changes there are going to be uh, differences from day to day um when you have a bad night's sleep it's it's completely normal that the day after uh, your tinnitus will be a bit louder don't be anxious about it it will go away once you had a good night's sleep um things like stress or what you already told with the COVID vaccine. Um, it's the same when you're getting a cold or when you have the flu. Um, so if, if you're not feeling well physically, that also has an influence on, on the tinnitus. And I believe that um, making sure that people know these things um, really helps them uh, to, to cope with the tinnitus that remains, because obviously we, we want uh, to get the tinnitus loudness down as much as we can. But in most people, uh, there will still be some tinnitus left and yeah. um, that yeah. will change over time. Yeah, especially that baseline tinnitus, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's so difficult. The the baseline that you eventually, eventually get to, unfortunately, through uh, progressing hearing loss mostly, um, uh, that is difficult to, to, to tackle. But that you, with good tools um, uh, such as, extensively mentioned by you already uh, you can get back to um I, I i want to to ask you maybe um so there, there is a lot of new treatment options around out there that are coming up research on um uh, regeneration of hair stem cells in the inner ear by genetic um uh, injection of uh, uh, different genetic agents they they, they use in a way to re, to restore to initiate restorative processes in the inner ear or neuromodulation processes um, do is there any indication that this is all also linked um, somehow with um, somatic issues so is somatic tinnitus also an inflammation problem or literally a pinched nerve or 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 more activity in the area and therefore you 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 briefly touched on that earlier on but but what is your your take on all of this 
Um, well, I believe that it's more um, a case of increased activity in a certain area of the brain. So in this in this specific brainstem area, there's more activity um, at a certain point. Um, so it's not not really a sort of inflammation. There can be some inflammation involved, but that would be inflammation um, in a joints or uh, muscular inflammation processes like that. But not really. Um, uh, there's not really an um, in inflammatory process going on or something like that. Yeah, no inflammatory yeah. process or no yeah. um, no nerve damage or nerve compression involved. That's that's not the case in somatic tinnitus. Okay, okay, okay. I think that is very is something that is that's relieving for people, you know, because we always say ninety nine percent of the cases tinnitus is not dangerous, and it's it's really helpful to continuously say, look. Um, there's a genetic uh, genetic factor to it because not all people with hearing loss develop tinnitus. Um, that's a fact. But um, at least uh, this increased activity in various parts of the brain, including the auditory cortex and the parts of the limbic uh, 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 part of the brain uh, play. Um, but at least this is nothing and literally nothing you have to be worried about or that's uh, in any kind uh, dangerous or going to lead to worse effects because that is unfortunately what you know, um, many of these guru techniques or uh, herbal medicines or remedies tackle and uh, promise what they were going to do that they lower inflammation in specific parts or touch on um, reducing the stimuli or something like that, which is, yeah, unfortunately, people save your money. <laughs> <laughs> No, indeed, there, um, especially in somatic tinnitus, um, there is not something uh, dangerous involved, not, nothing to be really worried about, no, um, no nerve compressions or things like that. So uh, that's, I think, a good thing to know if you are experiencing these uh, things, that you don't have to be worried about it, um, yeah. that you can, can get it treated with simple exercises um, and maybe some, some manual, um, mobilizations. Have you, have you seen more patients with the COVID vaccine coming to you now? Is that something that you experienced or, or, um, or during not, COVID not, in general, because people are more at home sitting in front of a computer, maybe that would be, maybe that would be the better question to ask more to generalize it and not to make it so, you know, we don't, we don't want to get into this, into this emotional uh, conversation about the vaccine, because this is a science-based podcast and, and this is a science-based interview and not something where people should uh, uh, get emotional about the vaccine. But so the question should be, yes, sorry, let me rephrase. The question should be, um, did you see a surge and increase um, of uh, patients who come to you with somatic tinnitus in, in, uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, well, there's not really an increase of the, the total number of patients that, uh, that I see, uh, okay. but I do um, hear a lot of patients uh, telling me that their tinnitus got worse when they were working at home, um, sitting at a desk or in a chair that's not really um, suited to be sitting on uh, the entire yeah. day. So they yep. weren't able to go to the, to the office anymore, had to work from home. Um, so I do hear these complaints um, a lot um, during the past year. So I, I do believe that COVID had some influence on, on somatic tinnitus as well. Great. And what I want to extract from you now is what can people do if they sit at home the whole day on their desk? What should they do in order to avoid getting their neck and back tans, tensed and, and yeah, to just loosen it up? What can they do? Well, actually, the best thing you can do is uh, not sit at your desk all day and just get up from, from time to time, maybe yeah. for a while, um, put your computer up a little bit um, and try to work standing. Um, yeah. try, try to change your, um, your posture from, from time to time, because the worst thing you can do is sit all day in the same position. So there are no good positions. There are no bad positions. But um, if you're in the same position all day, even if it uh, looks quite comfortable, um, it's not going to be good for the entire day. So switching positions um, is actually the best thing you can do. Yeah, I know that. And I'm very guilty of it myself. I always like, eh, and then <laughs> Me I too, actually. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really bad at it. And I, I frequently get blocked in my chest area and then I unblock that with a loud pang and and that's uh, I know I know I really so I really like this is my task for the next uh, six months finding a physiotherapist who I could work with and 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 to tell me the the kind of exercises that I need to do to to uh, not get the problem with like I think this this kind of stuff that always gets tangled up and yeah so maybe maybe I need to work on that and and this is why I like physiotherapy so much I'm a big fan of it I've been a, a, a race cyclist when I was younger. And um, I've, I've always uh, enjoyed to work with uh, physiotherapists. And I, I think this is a much, much, much underrated uh, thing to improve quality of life so much. So anything from physiotherapy, uh, physiotherapy to literally we have a, a, a Thai massage place around the corner and these ladies are like turning 70 or something. And you have, this is incredible what they do. Afterwards, you feel like you're three meters tall. And it's like, they, they do exactly that. Like, it's, it's just great. It's like, I think, I think it's like one of the single most underrated things for people to get quality of life back to literally go to a physiotherapist, get posture restored, uh, know what kind of exercise they have to do instead of going to the gym and wasting all their hours on the wrong exercises, you know, like go to yeah, a physiotherapist indeed. first and let them tell you what you should actually do. And um, yeah, let, let them find the right muscles you need to train. Let them give you some exercises because Often these are really simple exercises that where you don't really need a lot of equipment for. <laughs> Just some some simple bottles of water can can yeah. be a great um, a tool to uh, to practice your your muscles. So, yeah, great. Um, thank you so much already. That was I think super insightful, and we got a, a very very a, a great big overview over somatic tinnitus, what people can do. Um, is there anything uh, else you would like to share right now as concerned with research or what people should know on the podcast still, maybe how people can uh, find you or support you or um, support the research or, or any other information you would, would like to this, use this podcast for to, to uh, raise awareness? Um, well, what I would like to say to everyone um, watching this or listening to this podcast who suffers from, from tinnitus quite recently, um, I would like to say um, don't get um, disappointed when you get the news that there is nothing to do about tinnitus and that you will have to learn to live with it. Because, of course, we don't really have a cure for tinnitus right now, but we do have so many options um, to help you cope with it and to decrease the burden that tinnitus causes. So that's, that is one important thing. And um, if you're, you are looking at information about uh, somatic tinnitus, uh, then you can, you can watch my, the progress of my research on, on ResearchGate, um, for instance, or uh, you can find me on the Hasselt University website. So I'm, uh, I'm there as well. So uh, if people want more information, I think the best way to find it is, uh, is through ResearchGate. I put all my, my research uh, there. So uh, I believe that's, uh, that's the best way to find me. Awesome. And for people who live in the area, because uh, we have people listening from uh, the Netherlands and Belgium sometimes as well, um, they can find you at the University Hospital in Hasselt or? Um, University Hospital of Antwerp. Ah, Antwerp, um, Antwerp okay. of Antwerp. Yeah, yeah. That indeed. It's a different different city. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, sure. That's where where I see uh, my patients. But please don't come all at once. Uh, uh, Sarah can only treat so and so many people at the same time. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Great. Um, yeah, Sarah, I would like to thank you so much for doing what you do, um, uh, uh, raising awareness for this. I think is super interesting and and important. I. Yeah, thank you for, um, and I, I, I literally, I, I hope that you will uh, get the, the required funding for the new study, um, because I think it is very important. So um, uh, maybe this uh, podcast can uh, also help to raise awareness on this and to maybe uh, help you reach your goals of getting the funding that you need in order to uh, continue these very valuable studies. 
um, yeah, from the whole community. And uh, we are a community because um, one of my things that I want to give back to the community is that um, I've, uh, I've, I've been striving to build a positive community also on Facebook. So if people are interested, they can come to uh, the Altering Tinnitus Facebook community where literally we try to be as positive as we can. And it's support, supposed to be a, a, a supportive, positive community and not like uh, what you see usually this, this bloodbath on the internet where literally everyone is saying um, uh, I'm going to jump out of the window if it isn't if this isn't gone by tomorrow so uh, we're doing things a bit differently there so come and join us there um, Sarah yeah thank you so much um, for coming onto the podcast today it was amazing to have you thank you so much for your time I really value value it and appreciate it and um, it was great to have you you're very welcome and maybe we can do this again in a few uh, month or in a year time and then see what your research has brought up so far. Um, I, I think people are very interested. If, if as soon as the app is uh, alive and uh, ready to launch, I will um, give another um, uh, notification to all the people that uh, are following this. And um, I think people can really benefit from that. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I will let you know when the app is uh, up and running. Perfect. Until then, goodbye. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Well, thank you all for listening so very much. This was the episode with Zara Michiels, a physiotherapist and expert on somatic genesis. I hope it was uh, helpful for you in order to establish um, what the different factors are and that there is not only one single way of approaching tinnitus, but that um, actually your spine and your neck health, uh, as well as your jaw clinching and uh, teeth grinding <laughs> potentially, can also be a culprit and help to in uh, decrease tinnitus intensity. So yeah, if you have any questions to me regarding the episode, please uh, send a mail to frida at alteringtinnitus.com. I would be very grateful to answer that email for you. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, I'm super happy to welcome you uh, to the Outring Tinnitus Facebook community where we regularly share away on how you can live your best life despite tinnitus and have uh, live sessions as well as Q&As in uh, which I tell you how you can implement the strategies that I share in my podcast but also in the content that I produce. Um, yes, if you are interested in applying to my coaching program, go to outringtinnitus.com and click on apply to program. We have a few coaching spots open every single month. Um, apart from that, I'm focusing on building the course to make that accessible to as many people as possible. So if you're interested in taking the steps in my tinnitus coaching program all by yourself and at your own pace, then make sure to sign up for the course. The link is in the description to this episode. Um, I wish you guys all the best as usual. Continue to outring your tinnitus. I know it can be very hard and tough at times, especially if you're new to tinnitus. But let me just tell you that uh, tinnitus doesn't have to be a life sentence there are so many people out there who have overcome this uh, so many people that I have successfully coached in overcoming tinnitus related anxiety and I am not stopping before I can transform your life with tinnitus too so thanks for listening for today and I'll see you in the next episode goodbye thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at alteringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at alteringtinnitus.com. See you next time.